an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting episode of Ultimate Global Podcast. And in today's episode, we are joined by the CEO of Hunter and Scribe, Nick Bendel, who is quite proactive, especially on LinkedIn. And that's where I got connected to him. So he advises different organizations, different marketing companies, different agencies, uh, and different organizations in general on how they can improve their marketing strategies, especially towards the content marketing side. And I understand that content marketing is becoming so more important these days when the companies actually don't know what kind of content is right for them, how much content should go out in a week, what's the right content for their audience. And I think when he joined us in the last episode last year, we actually discussed about content marketing. And I also had uh, my other co-founder, George, with us in that episode. But today's topic is a bit different. We are going to talk about this concept of 500 lunches and networking, which he has been doing quite proactively and definitely encouraged me as well to kind of start something of uh, this sort. So, Nick, I would first like, you know, like you to explain the audience, um, you know, introduce yourself and then explain. Explain the audience about this concept of 500 lunches and networking that you have started recently. Not recently, but it's been two years, more than two years for you, right? Yeah, well, well thank you, Saurabh, for having me. It's from the Ultimate Global Podcast. I am in the process of having lunch with 500 strangers in five years. I started it in late 2019. So far, I've had lunch with 246 people. And maybe my favorite lunch was number 201 with a person named Saurav. That was a very, very nice lunch. And it was very nice to meet you and get to know you in person and become friends with you. And I've, I've met people from of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all different walks of life. And I've still got more than 250 people to go. I, I'm doing this as a way of, of building my network and just becoming a better person. And it's been an incredible journey so far. I think um, some people might be interested in knowing about that. How do you find so much of time to meet people from different backgrounds? And how do you prioritize different things that you're having in your life? Because I'm sure anybody who will be listening to this would be encouraged to do something of this sort. But then they might ask themselves, do I have the time to do that? Can I prioritize this in my life? Or what can be the other way of networking? For example, I'm very good in having a catch up with people. Um, I would love to meet people, but not probably setting up this 500 lunches in a structured fashion. So what would you be guiding people in that way? Well, you make a really good point, Saurabh, about networking in a way that suits your, your schedule and your personality. So if someone doesn't have time to, to have lots of one-on-one -on -one lunches, it might be more efficient to have to, to organize some sort of event where multiple people attend and that way you can network with multiple people. Or if you don't have time to network face to face, you could potentially do it online. Also, the scheduling is one side of things, but the other side of things is your personality. If someone doesn't feel comfortable 
meeting strangers face to face. You could potentially have online discussions or, or if someone doesn't feel comfortable meeting someone, I don't know, for lunch or coffee, you could potentially meet someone to do something different. It, it could be part of a meetup group or it could be part of a, a sporting club or, or a walking club or something like that. So I, I think people should network in a way that suits their schedule and suits their personality. Ultimately though, if you don't make an effort to meet more people, chances are you're gonna go through life meeting very few people because in our day-to-day -day lives, we tend to be on a particular path. And when we're on that path, we don't really meet people either side of that path. Absolutely. That's so cool, Nick. Um, and I was listening to one of your episodes that you were in on a New Zealand channel. And I was so happy to kind of see that your story is being shared on a on a channel like that. And you were also sharing this thing as to how you came up with this idea. So for the audience of Ultimate Global Podcast, would you love to share that with us as to how you came up with this idea of 500 lunches and networking? So like all my best ideas, I stole this one off someone else. There's, I'm in Sydney and there's a woman in Melbourne named Kaylee Chu. And in 2018, Kaylee decided to have lunch with 100 strangers. And in 2019, she published a book about it, a wonderful book called 100 Lunches with Strangers. And I discovered the book in 2019. I bought a copy and I read the book and I was inspired by what Kaylee had done. As she explained in her wonderful book, she was able to build an incredible network and improve her communication skills and become better at socializing and attract lots of opportunity into her life. So I thought, I want to do the same. Uh, but I thought instead of having 100 lunches, I would have 500. And because this wonderful woman, Kaylee Chu in Melbourne, inspired me, I contacted her and, and I asked her if she would be my first lunch. And she said yes. And so in 2019, I actually flew to Melbourne just to have lunch with her. I woke in the morning, I went to the airport, I flew to Melbourne, I met her in the city, I had lunch, I went back to the airport, I flew back to Sydney. It was a really, really good day. And two and a half years later, I'm still friends with Kaylee. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, because um, like some people might also ask you in this regard, how do you convince a stranger to have a lunch with you because at the end of the day you don't know any new person and you're just reaching out to them for the first time so what's what's that initial bonding that really helps you to you know convince them to come um, to a lunch or come for a dinner so what's that one thing which you really use is it is it the trust and credibility is it the past lunches that you've already organized how does it really happen for you? Well, what I do, Saurabh, when I contact a stranger, I very succinctly explain what this whole 500 lunches thing is. And just to prove to them that I'm, I'm not a serial killer, I'm not trying to sell them something or marry them, I send them a link to an article I've written about these 500 lunches. But I actually don't try to convince anyone to have lunch with me because I figure if I have to cajole someone into meeting me for lunch, if they feel like meeting this guy, Nick Bendel is going to be like going to the dentist, it's, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience for them and it's not going to be enjoyable for me. So I deliberately don't try to convince anyone. 
and most of the people I contact never reply. So, so they reject me. They choose not to have lunch with me, which is perfectly fine. But the people who do say yes, people like you, Saurabh, are people who I've noticed are smarter and more positive and more proactive and more open-minded than the average person. So the fact that I don't try to convince people means that I actually filter in higher caliber people. I think that's a very good technique. Um, in fact, you know, people like me who are in sales and marketing, we also use very similar technique when we are reaching out to our clients. So of course, when we are having a cold call with any of our clients or we are sending them an email campaign, not 100% of them will open it or not 100% of them will kind of buy the product. Maybe 20 of them will buy the product. Um, or, you know, very less portion proportion of that will be actually buying your product and getting convinced with what you are selling. So that's quite fair, according to me. Uh, another question that was coming to my mind was, what are we trying to achieve out of this? Um, so, you know, uh, from, from a layman's point of view, I, I understand the importance of networking. Some of the people might not, who might not understand um, what's, What's the importance of meeting strangers? So what are we trying to achieve out of this, Nick? There are a few things I'm trying to achieve, Saurabh. And I can say after 246 lunches, I have achieved these things. And they are, I want to become better at socialising. And I've been able to do that. I want to strengthen my mindset. And I've been able to do that. I want to attract more opportunity into my life. I've been able to do that. And I want to build a large, strong, diverse network. And I have been able to do that. So I've, I've become a better person and I've become a more rounded person and a more open-minded person and a smarter person as a result of meeting all these people. And I've built this incredible network, which now means that if I want to contact someone from a particular background, I almost certainly am now friends with someone from that background. Or if I want to introduce one person to another person, I'm usually able to do that because my so it means I, I just now have more opportunities than I had in the past. Um, that's fantastic again, Nick. Uh, you know the insights that you are sharing in terms of the values of network is very important to understand for anyone. Now, other than 500 lunches, I'm sure there can be so many more ways of networking. So according to you, first of all, what's the importance of networking in this modern age era, in the you know 21st century, in the third decade of 21st century? And what can be the other ways through which people can network? Well, I think the benefit of networking, I think there's a personal and a professional benefit. Personally, I think it'll make you a more rounded person. It will improve your social skills. It will improve your communication skills. It will improve your mindset. I think those are positive qualities. I think from a professional perspective, it's, it's also beneficial because the people you build relationships with today without any ulterior motive will be the people who a month from now, a year from now, a decade from now, will offer you jobs or will become your clients or will refer you to someone. The relationships you build today are going to benefit you professionally tomorrow. So, so that's why I think it's so important that all of us network. 
And in terms of how to network, well, a great way to do it is how I do it, uh, because you're meeting people one-on-one -on -one and you get to build these intimate relationships. The downside though, is that it is quite, uh, it, it takes up a lot of time and it does force you out of your comfort zone. And so it doesn't, it won't suit everyone. If you don't think one-on-one -on -one meetings are suitable for you, you can find other ways of networking. And that might be joining a meetup group where you're meeting new people. It might be starting your own meetup group. It might be organizing Zoom conversations with people or, or might be organizing a one on many Zoom conversation. I think you can network online or offline. I would just encourage people to look for ways to network that's going to suit their schedule and their personality. Absolutely. And how do you see the importance of running a podcast, which, which you are in currently? Because I think what I've experienced while running a podcast, because when I was starting this podcast, I had kind of two goals in there. Number one goal was to enhance the quality of my network, reach out to as many people as possible, irrespective of their gender, their caste, their ethnicity, their country of origin, where they are based in their industry. So I didn't look at that. I just reached out to people and asked them that, you know, this is a podcast on global affairs and people's stories. So I'm happy to share your story in there. Um, so I created a mutual benefit for them. So I kind of shared what they wanted me to share. And then I uh, broadcasted it through my uh, podcast, which is kind of a mutual benefit for both of us. So that was my first, you know, incentive of starting a podcast. How do you see the world of podcasting um, and also possibly LinkedIn is really changing the dynamics of the term networking? Well, sort of, as I've told you many times before, I think you're an incredible person. What I love about you is that you're just so smart and positive and you just make things happen and you're building these relationships. And I just love the way you go about your life. I'm 43. I think you're 25. Is that right, Sora? I'm 27. 27. And you don't look a day over 25. I wish I had your skin. And I, I wish, I know I've told you this. I wish when I was your age, I was as smart and as mature and as forward thinking as you. I think what you've done with the podcast is fantastic because it gives you the chance to build relationships with all these people, people who you don't have to meet face to face but you can build relationships with them. And as you've said, these are people from all different backgrounds and you're actually giving them something, which is another way to build a relationship. You're not trying to take from them, you're actually giving them an opportunity. So I think hosting a podcast is a terrific way for people to network and build relationships. And you mentioned LinkedIn, that's also a great way. You can comment on other people's posts and you can build relationships that way and you can send them private messages. Social media and podcasting, these are really good online methods to build networks without having to, to leave your home. I'm just trying to come to a very basic question of communication now, Nick, because I do understand that when you are meeting people, the softer skills in terms of how you are communicating and your body language plays a very vital role in your communication. So how do you see, when you meet people, how do you see the 
com- the skill of communication and body language uh, building in different people and what are some of the key elements uh, when you meet people what should be some of the great ways of communicating with them having the right postures having the right body language um for example when you are shaking hands with someone you need to have that confidence while you are holding each other's hands and that kind of tells a lot of lot of things about the other person how confident is he how uh, how many people he has already met or you know because with that holding a hand or with you know with you interacting in uh, on a lunch um and seeing eye to eye makes a lot of difference isn't it Yes. Okay. So I, I really like this question, Saurav. I'm going to mention two things uh, which have really stood out to me. So one of them is energy. I've noticed that when I meet people for lunch and they have a lot of energy and they've got a lot of kind of positive energy and being around them seems really fun and exciting. Uh, now, funnily enough, I'm actually the exact opposite of that. I'm very kind of withdrawn and quiet and laid back so that's the opposite of my personality i don't know if that's why i'm attracted to it or not but i i think if you're someone who does have that sort of energy that can be very positive the second thing i'd mention is something that does come naturally to me and something i am good at which is listening if you really actively listen to the other person i've discovered that that's a great way of building rapport with the other person because it makes them feel valued and makes them feel that you care about them it gives you the chance to ask thoughtful follow up questions so so those are two of the the positive traits that that I've noticed as a way of build rapport with people and you also mentioned a handshake i think a, a nice handshake can also be nice um ultimately though it, it's what happens when you're having that extended conversation that i think decides how the relationship goes and much of the communication occurs non-verbally absolutely and i think that non-verbal communication is sometimes more important than the verbal communication because it tells a lot about you as a person um as your personality uh, you know sometimes your non-verbal communication might suggest that you are a bit arrogant or you're a bit egoistic but you are not that in, in in your real life but because you are impersonating uh, through your nonverbal gestures like that it might feel to other person that oh maybe he's too arrogant maybe you know he's in he's in his own world so that's that's a different story but before we end today's podcast nick i just want you to tell our audience some of the top 3 or 4 key takeaways from today's podcast in general on networking which they can take away from for today well the first one would be do it because networking will benefit you in your personal life and professional life a second one would be find a way to network that suits your schedule and your personality and a third tip i'd give people is when you do meet someone whether it's face to face or online be a good listener because if they can see that you're really paying attention to their words they're going to feel valued they're going to feel respected and it's going to allow you to build a deeper relationship with that person absolutely and i think these are fantastic tips in terms of listening part because i really feel that if you can be a good listener 
it can solve a lot of your problems because every time we talk about being a good communicator or being someone who is good in presenting different things but we miss out on the part that how important is to be a good listener this is an ultimate global podcast hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs you're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney 